Hello and welcome to The Crumb, a podcast from Bake From Scratch magazine. We're here to talk baking in all forms, the people, the culture, and the baked goods that make us run to preheat our oven. Hello everyone and welcome to The Crumb. I'm Brian Hart Hoffman, the editor-in-chief of Bake From Scratch magazine. And I'm Kyle Grace Mills, the associate editor at Bake From Scratch magazine. So fun to be back. And today's episode is going to be amazing. We have the long-awaited conversation with Zoe Francois, the one, the only, the dancer in her kitchen and personality is so contagious, Zoe. And I am so happy that we have her on The Crumb. But before we get to the chat with Zoe, Kyle Grace, tell me a little bit about what you've been baking. So it's October, which means it's Halloween season. It was really Halloween season, September 1st, but (laughs) we're now officially where I can bring out my spooky stuff. And I returned to the cookie collection, our new cookbook, and I went for the cookies and cream cookies. I love these. I have loved them since they first pulled them out of the test kitchen and said, look what we've done with black cocoa. And uh, it is these rich, dark black cookies with the black cocoa that you would use for like making an Oreo. And then you use a guitar, guitar, uh, chocolate baking chips, which have these, this vanilla undertone. It's like, imagine you had like a vanilla scented glass of milk and then mm. you turn that into baking chips. That's what those are. And you put them in that black cocoa cookie. <laughs> it looks, it's very goth. And it like, it's the dark side of the moon cookies. I, I love them. So your Halloween cookie it is. Yes. How about you? Got anything baking up? Cookies still. Mm-hmm. I have so enjoyed being out and about with the cookie collection and seeing so many amazing photos of our audience baking their way through the cookie collection as well. I keep turning back to the oatmeal cream sandwich cookies and they... I I just, every time I bake them, they are a crowd favorite. And I get a text three days later. I'm still eating these cookies. They're amazing. They're the best ones you've ever done. So I'm turning to those right now because they keep winning the crowd over. They also remind me of, I shouldn't even say childhood, but a snack that I have loved since childhood with oatmeal cream pies. I love to grab them for road trips. I kind of challenge myself on a long drive to stop at a gas station and pop inside and see if they have the shelf stocked with oatmeal cream pie so that I can indulge. But creating this recipe now, I can bake them before the road trip and I have a homemade version with me at all times. And I love the versatility of the cookie sandwich. I mean, I am always a cookie sandwich fan, but taking this oatmeal cookie and changing the the filling. I mean, I've done a ganache filling, so it's perfect for that. There's cocoa powder in the cookie, so it really plays up that chocolate profile. I've added the pumpkin spice vanilla extract from Heilala into my buttercream. They're perfect for fall baking. And so the I'm letting it go with the season. I just love the profile of these oatmeal cream sandwich cookies. And even just with the vanilla buttercream, they're epic. So. And our, our listeners can't imagine, you can't visualize it, how huge these cookies are. They're enormous. We have it in our Bake It Bigger chapter. I was going to say, they're in the big chapter. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're huge. And so you kind of have to just bake them to see how big they are. Well, we could talk about cookies for days, but okay. it's time to talk to Zoe. 
Um, she is a cookbook author who's really bringing baking tutorials into the 21st century. If you are not following her on Instagram, at Zoe Bakes, it's populated with step-by-step videos and an inside look into her creative mind and so much more. Zoe started her career with the successful Bread in Five cookbook series with co-author Jeff Hertzberg demystifying the world of dough for weeknight baking. Now she's turning her attention to the complicated realm of pastry. And have we mentioned that her kitchen is absolutely a baker's dream? It, I just, I'm dying to go. I'm dying to visit and we're going to talk to her about it for sure. But I, along with her 170,000 followers on Instagram, can't wait to see what she's baking next in this amazing kitchen. Let's chat with Zoe, the baking teacher for the digital age. Hello, Zoe, and welcome to The Crumb. Hi, thanks for having me. So fun to chat with you today. I love getting to have my baking friends join us on the air for The Crumb and and talk about all things baking and, and why we all love spending so much time together and being in the kitchen. I think it's such a, a happy community, and I'm so happy you're a part of ours. Yeah, thank you. It's second best only to actually being together baking. I know, I know. I was thinking we can't do all of our boomerangs like we normally do just <laughs> sitting here on a podcast. <laughs> well, I don't know. I think we could probably figure out a way. Yeah, we might. Can. We'll have to see what Instagram can, what we can turn up for this uh, for sure. <laughs> so are you joining us today from your kitchen? I am. Okay. I'm sitting right at my counter. Okay. So this kitchen, for anyone who's seen Zoe's kitchen on her social media or in any of the stories that have been printed, we are planning to feature a story of our own in Zoe's kitchen. But before we do that, I want you to tell everyone about how you designed a perfect baker's kitchen. (laughs) We hear so many people talk about a chef's kitchen and what that means you know, for the savory chef, but you designed a baker's paradise. So tell us a little bit about it. I did. Um, this is actually my third kitchen design. And so I've learned, <laughs> I know, of yours, I'm, I guess. I'm addicted to, <laughs> to remodeling kitchens. Um, so this one started out with a rolling rack and what that is, it's also called like a bun rack or it's, In a professional kitchen, it's where you put your sheet trays when they come out of the oven or you put your mise en place. So I started out with a counter height rolling rack and I gave it to an architect and I said, make me a kitchen where I can put this and that it wouldn't be sort of in my way, underfoot. And he did just that. He made me a little garage under my, I have a giant 600 pound butcher block counter. And he built me a garage under that counter where I can slide my rolling rack. And pretty much everything went from there. I love that. That that is uh, you. You nailed exactly. I was going to ask you about the rolling rack if you didn't talk about it, but yeah, I I love that you let something that all of us, you know, as bakers, we need the space yeah. and the to let our cakes and breads cool or to put the mise en place. But we love our rolling racks, and I yes. love that you let that be step one in the yep. design process. So I I love it, and you have so many other amazing things in your kitchen too you have an antique french 
uh, bakery oh, rack. Yes. Isn't that where you keep a I lot do. of your dishes or, or things I, like that? I do. Yeah, it's actually um, a French, an antique French bread rack. So it's where um, the bread would go to cool off after it came out of the oven. And I, it came on um, casters, so it was on wheels. And I took the wheels off and I set it up on a counter in my um, in my pantry where I do all my dishes and everything. And so it exactly like you said, it's where I put all of my dishes. I have I have a fairly enormous kitchen, and I and yet I am lacking cabinet space. I know if you see pictures of this, you cannot believe that that can be true. And yet they're all so stuffed full. I can believe it. I, you know, I just think about my kitchen at home as well. And and I have moments that I organize and I clean out and I think, oh, I finally got it where everything fits back in the cabinets. And then Two or three months later, I see the stacks of cake pans or the the stack of, know. you know, baking tools sitting over on the side that don't have a home. And I'm like, oh, yeah. time for another uh, shelf to be built for another closet somewhere. Well, so. not, I, I don't think I'm to blame because it's like Nordicware comes out with a new bunt pan. And I mean, I can't resist yeah, that. Yeah, it's not I'm our fault. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah. So anyway, I have this beautiful old wooden French... Uh, bread rack that is now home to all of my pottery. Oh, I love it. I can't wait for a visit. So the, a visit to your I kitchen is wait. like, it's been on the top of my list for for what, two years now? I keep and saying, Zoe, I'm really coming to your so. kitchen. <laughs> I know. You've been so, you've been within blocks of my house in Minneapolis and we still haven't made it happen. So it will, it, it's my, on my to-do list in this next year. Yes, it's happening. It's happening. I can feel it. So speaking of your amazing bread rack, uh, you built your career around making artisan bread more accessible to the home baker with the Bread in Five cookbook series. And now you're working on something completely different. You are switching over to pastry. What made you do that? And, you know, has this been a long time coming? Oh, yeah. I mean, my career actually started as a pastry chef. So I was a pastry chef in restaurants and bakery and catering and um, I made bread. That was part of my daily routine, routine, routine <laughs> excuse me. Um, but pastry was my first love. I mean, I just, you know, cakes, pies, cookies, that's where my love affair was. The bread came when I met my co-author um, actually in a music class with our little kids. And that sort of snowballed into this, you know, eight book um, series that took over my life for a while. But pastry was always there. It was always going to come back. And I think after, um, uh, excuse me, after seven books in our bread series, it was time for me to go back to my love of pastry. So the first one that's that will be coming out in spring of 2021 um, will be cakes. Oh. And I love cake. Uh, my whole world right now is cake all day. There, I'm looking <laughs> at three of them on the counter right now. Um, so yeah, so this has been, like you said, a long time coming. I, I spent 12 years writing the bread books with Jeff Hertzberg 
and had an absolute blast and raised my boys. And, you know, it was it was just perfect. And it really sort of took me into this cookbook career that I didn't see coming when I went to culinary school and was a pastry chef. And I love it. I absolutely love it. But cake is my, you know, cake is my world right now. Can you give us a sneak peek and tell us one of the flavor profiles you're looking at on the kitchen counter? Yeah. (laughs) Okay. So it just so happens that I am making all of the cakes that came from my husband's family. I know that just sounds so funny, but my husband is from Trinidad and they have um, a black cake or rum cake in Trinidad that his grandmother used to make for the family every single Christmas and weddings. I had it at my wedding and she passed away and didn't leave the recipe. Oh, so, <laughs> it's a tragedy. Uh, it's an absolute tragedy. And the bigger tragedy is that I never asked because it just showed up. And this is not this. OK, so it's also called a fruitcake. But everybody's so terrified of fruitcakes. This is not the fruitcake that you find in the like grocery store or Target or wherever. Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, those are terrifying. This is the most delicious spicy cake and she the one thing I know is that she soaked the dried fruit in rum for a really long time and then she baked the cake and then she soaked the whole cake in rum for a really long time so my recipe so far has three cups of rum in it it's a single (laughs) cake it's a single cake so this is um not for the faint of heart it's, I, like that's I said, a hundred proof cake for sure. I know it is. You could light this thing on fire. That's um, a baker's dream, though. It's happy hour and baking and cake <laughs> all in one. So I'm I'm sold. <laughs> so that one is on the counter, and um, it's delicious. Um, you will get drunk eating it. So, <laughs> and then the other one is this hazelnut tort that his mom makes him and you know he grew up eating this cake and she um has tried to share the recipe with me but she's a potter and she's an artist and she's probably the most creative talented person that I know and writing down recipes is not one of those talents (laughs) so I have tried to make this cake with her and I just never got it until this week. So I can say I finally nailed Anna's hazelnut tort and that is going in the book. And I think it's the most excited I've ever been about a cake because I got to present it to my husband, not on our anniversary because it wasn't quite there yet, <laughs> but close to it. So anyway, those are two of the cakes. Um, and then I have a pavlova roulade that I've been working on that is just yummy. Uh, Crunchy, creamy, the best. Yes, 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 the best. And I love hearing the personal passion in your voice. I think in, you know, for all of us that love baking, it's, it's enough to just love baking. But then it's even more euphoric to listen to you talk about the family recipes and then nailing this recipe that's yeah. been so hard and Ugh, and the joy right. in your voice. So now I'm 
I'm impatient yeah. for 2021. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to do the friend thing and beg you to just sneak me that recipe early. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Well, hey, there's recipe testing coming up. That's so right. I'm, I'm going to have to be first on the list. Before. Yeah. <laughs> So another area that I absolutely love uh, following you is in your Instagram tutorial videos. So these are not just you, you know, holding a phone over a bowl. This is so much more about the lighting and the mood and the music and so many things that just transport us when you release one of your your tutorial, you know, videos. What drew you to to doing that detailed step-by-step and being a guide for home bakers because they're all so beautiful and addictive to watch. Thank you. Oh, so nice. Um, Well, I was uh, early on in my career, I started teaching. And so I, um, you know, I've probably been doing that for 25 years, teaching baking classes. And when I stepped into Instagram, I would put up these posts of my baked goods and people would react to them, but very few people were actually baking them. And I realized that, you know, they were pretty, but maybe a little bit intimidating. So I figured if I could show them how to do it step by step, because I have all of these tricks from going to culinary school, from working in professional bakeries. Um, And I know it's not that difficult. And if people just saw how to do it, they would dive in and they would make them. And so much like my bread series, I'm trying to break down all of the mystery, all of the intimidation and just get people into baking. I love baking. I mean, it's, it's really where I get my joy from. So I want other people to feel that even if they think they're not bakers, I feel like if they can watch me do it, they'll dive in and it worked. So the second I started putting up those videos, people were making my recipes. And I, it's, you know, I love Instagram because it's such instant gratification. I can put up a recipe, I'll put up the video and that even sometimes while I'm doing it, while I'm putting up the video, people are baking along with me. And by the time I finish, people are putting up the pictures of what they're baking with me. It's incredible. No, it absolutely is. I think one of the just one of the things I share with you in saying that is watching someone make something that we've demonstrated or showed, you know, the the step by step. It puts such a smile on my face. And I think people are baking this. And I think it's like you stop and you're like the joy that I get from baking it is continued in the joy of watching people also do that because... Absolutely. And you do it in yeah. such a way that even I'm at home going, I know how to do this, but I'm addicted to watching the the step by step and, you know, and, and the music you add and I dance along with you. So it's just oh, such yeah. a personality. Absolutely. In yeah. fact, I was just before you guys called. So yeah, it's like a great mood builder, too. You know, like we dance and then we talk and everything's so exciting. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I so on that, on your Instagram account, you uh, one of your gifts is that you have a lot of ingenious hacks and tips. Um, yeah. And yeah. I think the most unusual I've seen was you using a flamethrower on meringue. Uh, definitely one of my favorite uh, Instagram posts of all time. It's oh up there. God, so I felt hilarious. very like watching like, you know, a Predator or some other macho 80s movie, but that's with baking great. and meringue. 
Um, (laughs) What are some of your favorite baking hacks you've discovered? Oh, I don't, I mean, it's so, I mean, that was like so over the top. I, I mean, I love that flame. I wish I could just flamethrower on, put one on everything. Um, blow torches, I try to squeeze into absolutely every video. <laughs> um, but there are just, there are so many things that we do in a professional kitchen that seem obvious and simple and, but that the home cook doesn't necessarily know about. So I'm not sure, I'm not really thinking of any particular one, but I just know that, um, you know, having that experience, it's so funny because I put simple things up on my stories and I'm always surprised at what people are like, oh, you know, forehead slap, of course, that's, you know, so one of the things that I I do because I'm staring at my two mixers right now is, you know, when you're baking something and you put flour in and your bowl is pretty full and you turn that mixer on and it comes flying all over the, the kitchen is to just wrap saran wrap around your um, mixer so that it acts as a barrier so the flour can't fly all over the place. Um, so just, you know, simple things like that. I We used to work in I think I had a 60 quart mixer in the in the uh, catering facility that I worked in. And so when we were dealing with flour, we were dealing with a lot of flour. And so doing something like covering that up would prevent our entire bodies from being covered, covered in flour. So, you know, there are just things that I learned that you can translate to the home kitchen. I, I love, you know, anytime I learn a, a hack to make something easier or more clean when I'm baking or, yeah. you know, just something that solves a problem. And, yeah. and I think that's a really good one. So I'm going to I'm going to try the saran wrap trick <laughs> next time I'm baking with, <laughs> with flour in the bowl. And I'll think of you and, and I'll probably have to boomerang that, too, you know. Yes, um, yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> So you live in Minneapolis, Minnesota, and you live in a really unique baking community that people may or may not know about. You have the headquarters for Nordicware just down the street. You have the brilliant baking blogger and friend of yours, Sarah Kiefer, right near you. And I want you to set the stage for our listeners about what a unique and special baking community Minneapolis is and, and what it's like for you being there. Well, I moved here from Vermont, so that is a different baking community in Vermont. And I moved here about 26 years ago, and I didn't really know what I was walking into. I knew that this was um, a community that was heavily populated with like um, German and Swedish and Norwegian, so all the Scandinavian and Germanic um, cultures, and they have a really, really strong baking culture. So there were all kinds of baked things that honestly I wasn't that familiar with. Um, The other thing about Minneapolis is that it's a wheat, uh, we're a milling city. We were built on um, gold metal mills and you know, all of the flour would come here, get milled, and so there was a baking culture set into into the city from you know centuries ago. And 
It's, you know, I think the other part of it is that it's so freaking cold here. <laughs> so, I mean, everybody wants to turn their oven on. Come, I mean, it just happens to be 85 degrees in October, right? Or in September. Yeah. But, you know, come the end of September, it's starting to get cold. And it's even snowed in October. So we want to have our ovens on all the time. So it's just bread baking is huge. You know the the cakes, the everything um, that you can imagine. This is just the most inspiring, passionate baking community I have ever ever seen. And Vermont is a very big food uh, state as well. And I've never seen anything like Minnesota. I I love that. You know, I have had the pleasure of of spending time in Minneapolis with you and Sarah and at Nordic Wear. So all all of the 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 community that I was exposed to in the area just was immediately like evident. And we were yeah. there with snow on the ground, like you were saying, and it was <laughs> so nice to be in a cozy yeah. environment and baking is like subject matter. But but I think we need to plan a baking retreat to Minneapolis and really showcase this, you know, the culture you're talking about to our audience. And yeah, I we're, love it. we're I mean, gonna, you know, yeah. Yeah, we're gonna do it. Yeah, there's no question yeah, about there's it. Giant, you know, like I said, gold medal is from here and there's just giant, you know, companies, but there's also people do milling local flour and doing very small batch local, um, you know, single grain um, batches of flour that are just incredible. They're just, the flavor is just uh, dynamite. So there's so much exciting stuff going on here. So I can't wait. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So speaking of things that get you excited, we just got (laughs) excited talking about Minneapolis. Um, And one thing I love is just that we are such a friendly and close baking community. So who in our world of, of baking with any bakeries, bloggers or cookbook authors, who's getting your attention right now and and turning your head? Oh, oh, um, oh, it's it's like when (laughs) (laughs) I know Instagram. I mean, how can you narrow it down? Because there's, you know, there's Jerry. Excuse me, Julie Jones and her tarts, or um, oh, I'm you know Lauren with her tarts, and then there's Sarah, of course, with all of her beautiful cookies, and Becky with her cookies, and you know, I, how can you? Uh, it just depends what you're doing. There's so much. One thing that I've noticed from doing all the bread books, because when we started our bread um, adventure, twelve. 13 years ago, I guess when we started writing the book, it would have been closer to 14 years ago. There was very little in the way of great bread happening. And now I open up Instagram and there's all of this magnificent sourdough bread and just these beautiful loaves happening in people's homes. These are not even necessarily bakeries. These are just you know, home bakers making the most exceptionally beautiful things. So I get excited about the professionals. I get excited about the home bakers. Pretty much Instagram is just a continuous, you know, 
inspiration point yeah. for me. Little wonderland of it, uh, yeah, inspiration. Yeah, it really is. And, you know, it can be the simplest thing. And I'm just like, oh, that flavor combination is incredible. And it may not be the most beautiful baked thing I've ever seen, but they're like blending these flavors that maybe I'd never thought of before. So you can find inspiration just in so many places. And it also just makes the world so small. So, I mean, I'm watching people in Dubai bake. I'm watching yeah. people in India. I'm watching people all over Europe and, you know, Singapore. And it's like, it didn't used to be this way, people, you know? <laughs> no, and I love, you know, I kind of just jumping off what you said, it's it's made the world so small because we meet yeah. so many people. I mean, I met yeah. you through Instagram when we yep. started the bake feed and got in the baking world. And now it also makes the world so much bigger because I want to meet everyone face to face. It's created it's so like I know personalities from Instagram and the way people write their captions and the photos they post of baked goods. And then my quest is even yeah. stronger to be like, but I've got to meet you and bake with you and hang out with you. And you know. I know. And like you've said a couple of times, it's such a beautiful, generous, excited, curious community. I mean, I have just met the most wonderful people doing this. And it's so fun when we do finally get to meet up in person and share the passion and get to play with each other. It's so much fun. I love it. It is. I do too. <laughs> I just had a flashback yeah, to our trip to New York. It. it took me a minute. I was like, oh, I'm flashing back to last Christmas with you in New York. We had a blast. Yeah. So yeah. Doing those rules at Gramercy Tavern yeah. forever one of my favorite moments. Yeah, that was. <laughs> All right. So we're going to go into our lightning round. These are really oh. fast questions with okay. fun, quick answers. Um, are you ready? I think so. Okay. So first things first, uh, what are you currently playing on your baking music playlist? Oh, um, Grace Jones. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, the one baked good you are embarrassed to say you haven't baked yet. Oh, but I haven't baked yet. Okay, come on. I've been doing this for 30 years. <laughs> I think it's safe to say from her silence, oh she's baked them all. No, no, no. I was going to say that I was the last person on earth to bake a funfetti cake, but I did finally do it. You need a shot of creativity. Where do you turn? Instagram. Yeah, I knew that yeah, was coming. we got that one. <laughs> it used to be Pinterest, but Instagram know, all the way. I know. Instagram does take the top. Yep. You can only bake one kind of bread for the rest of your life. What is it? Oh, no. Brioche. Oh, yeah. Well, Good. butter chumps all. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> all right. Final one. Finish the sentence. The perfect pastry is? Buttery and sweet, but not too sweet. I and like that. Yeah. Buttery. I know. The theme is like loud and clear. You must use butter. I know. <laughs> I know. I just, I love butter. Yep. Any kind of butter. Uh, browned is, is you know, tops of the world for me. Oh, yeah. I agree. <laughs> All right, Zoe. Well, thank you so much for joining us on The Crumb. We have enjoyed picking your brain and hearing all of the amazing things that are going on in your glorious Baker's Kitchen. 
Yeah, thank you. This was so much fun. And I can't wait for you to come to Minneapolis. I was just going to say, my list is now to plan a baking retreat, plan my trip to your kitchen, and we are going to make Minneapolis the center of our baking world. So I cannot wait. Great. My door's open anytime. All right. Thank you, Zoe. It's been so great. Bye-bye. Bye. She's just a fountain. I, I mean, go to the well to get all of that inspiration. I just love talking to her and picking her brain. I mean, just an open book and, and sharing a sneak peek into her cookbook. And it's almost, she's one of those people that even though we were chatting digitally over the inner waves of the uh, podcast sphere, I felt like I was sitting in the room with her. Mm-hmm. She just has that connectivity and the passion and energy that she puts into just the conversation with us. It's even more in person, just so genuine and I think we can all agree that baking brings us joy and joy for the people we share our baked goods with. And she is definitely one of those inspirations that I just I'm so glad that that she is a friend of ours and that and that we get to be in the baking world with her. So what else has given you the baking joy? I am obsessed with milk bread. This is something we've talked about a lot. I had the pleasure of demonstrating milk bread four ways when I was in Manhattan, Kansas at the National Festival of Bread. And to be on stage with our friends from Red Star Yeast and talking about this amazing, pillowy, soft, just highly addictive bread, we couldn't just stop there. So in our September-October issue of the magazine, we feature a four-cheese pull-apart milk bread. And I can say that again in case everyone wants to hear it in all of its glory. It is a four cheese pull apart milk bread. And we did it in a nine by nine baking pan so that it has an even more unique appearance and shareability and grabability. And I mean, just it's, it's fan tales, you know, taken to the <laughs> next level. It's, it's like you just it's overwhelming. It is almost overwhelming to have all that cheese and soft bread just right there. So it's sitting at the top of my baking list. What about you? So we also mentioned in our uh, September, October issue, using syrups in your baking. And I love making simple syrups um, flavored with fun herbs and spices to moisten our cake. So if you aren't using your cake immediately, a great way to keep it moist is to brush it with simple syrup, stick it, wrap it in saran wrap, and it will stay for at least a day and be really moist and tender the next day. Plus, you're going to add an extra complex layer um, to the flavor. So I just made basil simple syrup. And you can add that to all sorts of things. You know, people often do it with strawberry and things like that. But you could do it to a semolina cake, something lemon, citrus. You, you, you could name add it, it to a Absolutely. cocktail. Uh, well, <laughs> that was the first thing I did. Because so. you needed to test it and taste that flavor. <laughs> uh, reader, I drank it. Yes, absolutely. But uh, it was a, it's a great uh, hack for people if you want looking for more tender cakes. Make yourself a simple syrup. Well, in the spirit of Zoe Francois, I'm going to turn on a fun playlist. I'm going to preheat my oven and dance my way into the kitchen to bake. <laughs> I'll follow you. All right. Well, until next time, it's been great chatting, and we cannot wait to come back soon with another episode of The Crumb. Happy baking. If you liked our podcast, please rate, subscribe, and tell a friend about us. To keep up with all of our baking endeavors, follow our editor-in-chief and co-host, Brian, on Instagram at Brian Hart Hoffman. You can follow Bake From Scratch on Instagram at The Bake Feed. 
For online recipes and fresh baking content, go to our website, bakefromscratch.com, and sign up for our newsletter, Preheat. Finally, for in-real-life baking inspiration, grab our magazine on newsstands, or subscribe through our website. <laughs>